Welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the podcast where we watch, review, and discuss every fucking horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm back this week, as always, with my co-hosts, Chris. Hello. And Steven. Hey, guys. We are here today to discuss, discuss, or discuss, I don't know, the very brand new baby, as Chris said last episode, the new end film, The Privilege. But before we get into all that, as usual, we'll do our little horror catch-up. What have you guys been watching, reading, experiencing out there in the great big world of horror? I have something this t- uh, this week. I Yay! Yay! I, I dabbled with uh, Netflix's series. It's actually, I think it's the CW series that's on Netflix. Uh, oh, boy. The two-sentence horror stories. Oh, wow. I've heard good things about that. I've heard it's fun. I don't know. I mean, they're about as good as the two-sentence horror stories you can find online. You find some pretty good ones, too, <laughs> that you, you send us off, off cast. Wait, so um, I'm, I'm puzzled by the whole concept of this. Like, how do you do a two-sentence horror story in film form? You're right. Uh, well, they use the original two-sentence horror story as inspiration. Oh, so, it's so they're like adapting a, shit from 4chan yeah, or whatever. It's from Reddit. Reddit. Uh, the big difference. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a sentence at the beginning. It's kind of bookended, like the Twilight Zone. Like it gives you the first sentence at the beginning, and then it gives oh. you the punchline at the end after you saw the thing play out. And I don't know. I mean, it was good enough that like I'll I'll watch some more of them. Uh, you know, when I'm like eating some Chipotle or something, and I can't do anything else for 20 minutes. But I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch them. So wait, okay. This is a question I have. 20 minutes is one two one episode of. Two sentence horror stories. It's one two yes. sentence. Yes, ten, right? ten minutes an episode. Ten minutes a sentence. It's such that a seems weird... like a bit much to me. I feel like you. I feel like they should be ten minutes total, and maybe you could get two of them. Two mm. two sentence horror stories end up. Yeah. But it's I'm such curious a, to check it out. It's such a weird inversion of the sort of like classic, I guess, uh, trope about adaptations because people are always bitching about like what got you know cut out of the adaptation of whatever story and this is such an interesting case where for once you're like at least from the sound of it almost wildly extrapolating upon the original source material i mean the the original story isn't much of a story it's always been it's like more they're more of prompts than stories to begin with so that's basically Mm. what it is it's a 20 minute vignette based on a prompt that i guess they found online Mm-hmm. When the ones you send us typically are not prompts, but they play better as like accidental jokes. Well, I, I send you the tweets from the bad two sentence horror account mm-hmm. that are just like the two sentence horror stories that are just really dumb. Are there any episodes of the show you'd actually recommend? Not at this time. Okay. I'll let you know. <laughs> he can neither confirm nor deny that it's a good show. Very good. Next. Um, Okay, well, I'm moving it right along. Um, I haven't really watched anything horror-wise. I've been trying to read more, so I'm going to mention super briefly a thing I did read, and then two things I'm in the process of reading, hoping to hold myself accountable and maybe even find some reading buddies, either among the two of you or our 
listeners so we can maybe foster some conversation. So um, I've been digging through Stephen King's Skeleton Crew, and it's a mixed bag. I think it includes some of King's truly uh, like best short stories and novellas. It's got The Mist, it's got The Reach, it's got The Jaunt. I mean, honestly, those are my top three King short stories. I've always heard The Ballad of the Flexible Bullet is really good. That's a novella that's in there. A lot of people rank it among his top works, and it's kind of a Lovecraft tribute, you know, which those things tend to be hit or miss, mostly miss for me. And it's great, except it involves the trope of typewriter elves. <laughs> it's, it's, it's set at a, a dinner with a writer... An, an old editor and a couple of other people, I don't remember all their roles, but this old magazine editor is telling this story about this novella that he wanted to have published, which is called The Ballad of the Flexible Bullet, which is a metaphor for insanity and suicide, and how the writing the story drove the writer of it insane. And he believed that he had fornits, as he called them, or these little elves that lived in his typewriter that he had to feed. And, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cringy overall. Um, mm. I think if King had come up with a better device um, to instill madness in the sort of protagonist of the story, it, it could have actually been quite scary. Okay, in addition to that, super quick, I'm reading two books right now. The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward, which just came out last year, and Hex by Thomas Old Huvelt, I think it's pronounced. He's a German writer, and... These are both excellent books. I'm kind of reading them concurrently. Hex is about a small town. It's set. The translation is set in New York, and it's about this town where there's this old, like, ghost of a witch that just openly exists in the town. And the townspeople have, for various reasons that I don't know yet, have they're trying to keep track of her and also keep her a secret from the outside world. So they've developed this app in kind of a network called Hex to track her. So, like, she'll just show up in your house. She'll be, like, standing in your living room. And nobody pays any mind, but they check in on the app. And they'll throw a, <laughs> they'll throw a towel over her head because she looks scary. And she's just standing there, like, staring forward. And um, it seems to be so far about this young group of kids who are trying to expose this tradition to the wider world, which would have huge consequences for the town. And it's really good, super fascinating. That came out, like, five years ago, but it just got reissued by Tor and is getting all kinds of new acclaim. So I highly recommend if anybody wants to read along with me on that. And then Last House on Needless Street is having trouble figuring out how to describe it yet exactly, but it it involves the disappearance of a child. It's told through multiple perspectives, including a kind of mentally unhinged younger man who may or may not have been the abductor. His cat, uh, Olivia, who is weirdly religious she she reads his bible and she likes to say gd because she doesn't want to you know say the lord's name in vain and a woman who's trying to track down her daughter who went missing 10 Wait, years ago cast like the animal yes it's a cat but it talks it talks has an internal monologue internal monologue yes all right yeah so it's kind of like it's not like Salem. <laughs> yeah, not like Salem. So anyway, um, if any if those sound interesting to to either of you or our listeners, I'm having a blast with them. Jump in and let's talk about it and help me finish these books because I'm a lazy fuck. They all sound very interesting, so I'm going to do a little more research later tonight, and I'll probably grab one of them soon to help you out on the accountability front. They're both available through AADL, our public library. So I yes. encourage you, Patrick. You got anything? Following up on our, what, uh, two, two episodes ago now, I watched The Invisible Man from 1933? 
I was going to say 34. I think it's 33. Um, so somewhere around there, yeah. Still holds up. Still a great ride. Amazing effects for the time. Still my favorite Universal, Universal Monsters movie. And the tidbit that I'll drop about it is I did not realize that was Claude Rain's debut role. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So, very cool. Legendary actor. Great movie. Would rewatch before I rewatched Hollow Man, even though I did enjoy Hollow Man. Um, so let's talk about a film I will never rewatch: The Privilege. Wow. Let's talk about a film I had a fucking hard time watching, guys, and wow. I get the sense that Patrick did too. <laughs> Just jump into the reviews at the top of the show, huh? I mean, kind of, but I, you know, what I feel like I'm going to do here is I didn't fully hate this, um, so I, I feel like I'm I'm almost going to front load with some hate and then and then throw out a few bones. But holy shit. This is a confusing fucking movie. Does anyone want to attempt to summarize what the fuck this thing is about? Yes, absolutely. So the film is The Privilege. It's a German film with a German title that I won't try to pronounce because I don't speak German. But it is of German origin. On my system, Netflix actually decided to play the English dub. So I at like I after about five minutes, I was like, is something out of sync with my sound settings? And then I was like, oh, wait a second. This is a German film. And so I switched to the German audio and the English subtitles as God intended and had a much better experience. Um, but this is a movie about a young man named Finn, who when he was just a boy, about eight years old or so, uh, his... 18-year-old sister had some sort of crazy paranormal event happen to her. She seemed like she was possessed. She stabbed herself in the mouth. She threw herself over a dam, and she died. And there may have been the influence of a ghost thing involved, because the the movie starts with that sort of framing device. But then in the present day, our friend Finn attends a, I guess what is supposed to be an exclusive sort of school, although that's kind of... Mm -hmm vague um and uh he is becomes increasingly suspicious that the thing that that he encountered that night when his sister died 10 years ago or so is now after him after his twin sister possibly even after his friends and he's not quite sure what to make of it and so he's trying to solve the mystery of what happened and it's mainly a mystery movie about that trying to figure out what happened to the sister what this spooky thing is why he's having hallucinations etc and why he notices uh his you know parents doing some weird things in the middle of the night and that's basically the premise of the privilege that is so impressively succinct because this is a movie that throws the fucking kitchen sink at you as it far does. as like tones and genre <laughs> it does it's a lot to swallow I, we got ghosts we got hallucinations we got fucking conspiracies we got spy shit we got an exorcism we got we got some body horror almost everything you could imagine yeah there's body horror and some things i can't even speak to before the spoiler room even yeah. There's not really a slasher. There's no like slasher element to this, but pretty much anything else. But there's scenes like that are staged like slasher scenes. Yes. Yeah. Without a sure. slasher. But yeah, it's it's yeah. everything. I mean, and and even just bizarre elements you would never anticipate, like crazy high school rave in a abandoned <laughs> swimming pool with a uh lesbian activism interruption. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There's no folk horror. I don't. I don't think there are any sticks in this movie, are there? 
Oh, that's good. No, Why but you? but you know, I did think is this folklore at a point because there's only so many people mm. you can put in robes and old people in the movie before I start thinking is this folklore. Well, especially in yeah. like a like a kind of an exclusive community in a small town, like it definitely seemed like it might go there at some point. Yeah, it involves traditions. It reminded me of Hereditary at times. And it I did me as well. And yes. I thought I knew where this movie was going, but I actually didn't. And then I didn't again. And then I didn't it's again. Impossible. It's impossible. It, it's impossible. It twists and turns on you. It's, it's kind of difficult to talk about. This movie has an absurd surplus of characters. There are so many fucking characters in this thing. I, th- I think I texted Steven last night. I'm yeah, pretty sure they're at, at least... At least five hundred characters in this movie. I didn't think th- I didn't think it was that absurd, but it, it does like because it takes so long for things to kind of come together. It is one of those movies where you're like, there are like seemingly superfluous scenes involving characters, and you're like, oh well, that's going to pay off eventually, and then you're just stuck waiting for that yeah. character to come back. Because there's the grandfather, there's the te- the the chemistry teacher, or whatever. There's the bully. There's two love interests. Well, it's one of those, you know, I I mean, often in like these high school set type of movies, because they are often slasher type movies, uh, you do have like a ridiculous number of characters because the slasher needs a lot of people to plow, Mm -hmm. you know, and it reminded me of like a scream or a Friday the 13th where it's like, holy shit, who is this again that just died? I don't even know, you know, and and but on top of the somewhat complex network of high school characters it also just seemed like there were a lot of other people i was supposed to be keeping track of on top of that towards the end there's like fucking something happens to a character named leander i'm like who the fuck was leander i didn't even remember i didn't either did you forget who leander was too chris was this no just me and no Steven i mean being... listen we've established that sometimes i'm the only one who watches the whole movie <laughs> yeah but the only no 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 you're the only one who pays attention okay to i fucking sometimes. tried i'm just gonna put that out there all right i didn't have any i didn't, I didn't have any trouble following the characters and one reason i didn't i stopped this and ran it back so many fucking i times. did do that a couple times but um i had a pretty easy time following and it's because all there are a lot of characters but they all have relationships to other characters so you can yeah. kind of keep yeah. track and when they are brought up they kind of reiterate what that relationship is and you can kind of remember um but you do got That's a lot true. of people you got you got you know the main character finn you got his sister who dies in the first scene you got his two parents you got his 18 year old twin sister you got her boyfriend you got finn's best friend who's the aforementioned lesbian i only mentioned that because it's semi-important at, it at is, various yeah. junctures of the movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> or at least harped on <laughs> at various junctures of the movie that um then you got his love interest then you got leander the bully at school then you got finn's male best no no males the the, the boyfriend males did i already mention the sister's boyfriend i did and then you have yes. the love interest's mom who is also the psychiatrist Slash. Oh, oh wow. that didn't. I didn't yes. clock that at all. Oh, that's the only <laughs> yeah, point. I was either. confused about who Leander was, but it makes perfect sense now that you said it in that. Then um, you got otherwise, then you got the the. Wait, so who's Leander? Leander is, is like the bully, but he's also the son oh. of the police inspector. Yes. <laughs> who is best friends with Finn's father? <laughs> I should have just had Chris explain this movie to me in like a half hour I, this, instead of watching the I, movie. I clocked 95% of this. You gotta, put up, you gotta put up a, a string board connecting <laughs> right. all these characters together. There's a lot of, there's a lot of connections. Um, 
I think the screenwriters probably should have done that to maybe find ways to make these relationships more engaging. You got the botanist slash herpetologist and her son slash exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just a lot going on in this movie. And and there are so many shifts in tone and material and so many odd reveals that it's really it's we see this all the time but it's hard to talk about it and it's hard to talk about it from a rather early point in the movie because there's a rather shocking reveal that i know we all want to talk about pretty early in this in this whole proceeding so i almost feel like we should just maybe do the earliest reviews we've ever done and, and get down to the spoiler yeah. room and just dig into all this crazy because there's, there's actually there's like more than one pretty big reveal i think within the first half hour or so of this movie um and, and yeah. it's a movie that really kind of at least for me even though i read the netflix description which i don't usually do it made me like thinking what's the fucking premise of this movie what is going on here what's this about sure. and there's a couple like big moments early on where i was like oh it's doing this and then oh it's doing that and then it's, it kind of like plays you around and I would hate to to spoil any of that fun for anyone who might be interested in watching this movie, but we'll see how interested in watching this movie our fans are once they hear our reviews. Uh, sorry, this is like a brief tangent, but it even plays with the possibility of maybe some sort of social commentary almost. You know, we all talked at the end of last episode about the expectation slash fear that this might be, uh, you know, a very self-conscious sort of like social... Uh, thriller, social horror, right. whatever, just from the title, The Privilege. And it flirts with that almost. Like, it kind of purposefully deploys the word privilege a couple of times, but doesn't really do anything with that either. No. You know, it's just, yeah. it's 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 another one of the, like, kind of dash of a little something that's added into this big witch's cauldron of, of a I movie. was frustrated because I felt like there might be something there, um, but it's, you know... I can't pull it out, especially because it's a German film and I just don't know what the culture or politics of Germany is. You know, if it's a commentary about a domestic issue, I got no idea. So it could be there, but uh, yeah. it's, if it's there, it's a, a, above our heads <laughs> yeah. or below our heads. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I think it's, it's beneath <laughs> us. <laughs> I've heard this movie compared. I've read it compared to get out and I'm like, one, that's lazy. And two, like, oh, really? No, like it's, no. Th- no, that's not. There, there's moments that are. It wants to be. There's moments that are very it? evocative of Get Out, but but mm-hmm. not thematically. And there's exactly. moments that are very evocative of a dozen other horror movies I could mention. But yeah, let's review the damn thing. Let's review the motherfucker. Can I have the privilege of going first? <laughs> yeah, the privilege is yours. I'm gonna lead us off with a fucking hard screw it for this piece of shit. <laughs> like this movie, there's just. There's too much going on. I found it laughable at times, especially now some of it could come down to the translation issue, but I highly doubt it because it is a routine thing. And Chris even hinted at it that like if you get confused at some point, a character is going to tell you exactly what's happening or what just happened or who they are or why they're there. Um, It's it, it, it is kind of. It's not terribly directed, but I didn't find it really had like any kind of a vision. And the material just doesn't seem. It seems like the, whoever created this, I didn't look into, you know, how many writers there were, whatever. But it, it it never really settles into anything or congeals into anything concrete enough for me to connect to. There's too many ideas going on. And I think that I could see how perhaps this could 
this material could be better suited to like a young adult novel or a, a trilogy of young adult novels or something because there are so many disparate plot elements and so many characters. I think if there was a unifying idea behind all of it, it might have been better served by a longer format that was tailored to specifically to a younger audience like our protagonists in the film. Um, but I found it interminable. I paused this movie, I think, more than I've ever paused a movie on Amon so that I could distract myself and even at, at points watch other better movies. <laughs> uh, so I, I can give it nothing but a, but a script. And that's saying something because you're a pauser. I am, but it's usually when the movie sucks. And this was, I don't know, man, like this isn't the worst thing we've ever watched by, a, by any stretch of the imagination, but I just couldn't connect with it. I just found my, my eyes glazing over every couple of minutes at times. Anyway, that's my piece, Chris. I promise I'm not trolling you guys, but I'm going to give oh, it boy. a view it. <laughs> um, certainly, I'm sad. I'm sad. This is an audio medium because I'm just shaking my head over here. Just shaking away. No, I, I, I listen. This is not a great film. It's certainly got a lot of flaws or just things that I wouldn't even say flaws as much as things that just don't work. Things that don't connect with me. I think it would be hard for me to make a list of ways to improve this movie. Whereas some movies it's very obvious. Um, but I thought it was very interesting. That was the main thing. I thought it was interesting. The plot kind of kept me guessing and I liked the different movements that the plot sort of went through. It is a kitchen sink sort of horror movie. I'm always a fan of those. There's lots of interesting setups and set pieces and elements and things here and there. Um, I'll get more into that when we, when we go to the spoiler room, but I thought it was very well crafted. Uh, it looks good. The performances are good as far as I can tell. Um, and it reminded me a lot of sort of the, you know, middle brow offerings on shutter, like the shutter originals where you, you watch something and you're like, this is well made and it's real interesting. I see why it's on shutter. Um, had that sort of feeling on this movie on Netflix. Uh, it held my attention. For the most part, there was one part where I was a little disheartened that I was only at the midpoint of the movie because it seemed like things were ramping up towards a conclusion. And it is uh, semi-long. It's an hour and 43 minutes or so. But um, no, I it didn't bother me. Uh, it didn't, you know, it's not the best thing I've ever seen. But I think there's enough here for horror fans to sink their teeth into, um, possibly. At least there was for me. So... I would say view it, but I respect your other opinions. Uh, Patrick. <laughs> um, I, I I was puzzled by your rating, but also I was struggling. I was trying to find a way to give this a cue it because there is, there is a lot that it does well. It's just so fragmented and fractured. And as soon as it does one thing well, it's off to try and do like five other different things. Um, so it, it's tough because I want to recommend it for certain successes um you know i'll agree with you chris i think i thought the performances were really solid um and in fact some of them excellent um but it's just uh, it's just really unfocused and it just i i couldn't keep track of it i still don't understand frankly what the <laughs> fuck happened in this movie and i just can't earnestly recommend somebody spend an hour and 43 minutes on it so uh you know almost regretfully I give it screw it. I think the lack of focus was actually an asset in my eyes. It made it more interesting and fun for me than it would have been if I had just commit to one of those. 
Mm. I would say I would agree with that up to a point because that did excite me maybe in about the first half hour of this. Like, oh, this movie, like, I hope it knows where it's going to go, but I'm interested in the disorientation of all of these different ideas being thrown at me, all these characters. And then it just kind of started to feel like a drag after that. Let me say this before we go to the spoiler room, because something that bothered me and it bothers me in, in virtually any movie where this is a device is having a protagonist who is not sure of their own sanity and or yeah. is hallucinating things. It really kills my vibe. When we have a guy who's trying to figure out problems or especially in this case, solve a mystery and like just blacks out or like, you know, sees things that may or may not be there. It's always frustrating for me because it feels very, uh, you feel cheated every time the guy like tries to solve the problem and then just like wakes up on the floor and people are like, oh, you went crazy again, you know? Hmm. Yeah. There's one moment that I know we're going to jump right to and get in the spoiler room um, that I where that device really frustrated me and I think fully took me out of the experience. I think that was the first time I, I just kind of rage quit it and gave up for a little while. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into everything that we've been beating around the bush about uh, down in the spoiler room. But before we head down there, uh, I want to encourage you as always, to uh, go follow us on your social media platform of choice. Unless your social media platform of choice is TikTok or LinkedIn, we're not there. I'm sorry. But we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amoncast. That's E-H-M-O-N cast. Uh, Also, uh, follow us, subscribe to us on your podcast provider of choice. Leave us a review. We love to see your feedback. Recently, somebody left us a two-star review for being too woke and bringing too much of our politics into the show, to which we say... Bye. Uh, so, you know, leave us a review and tell us how much you like our woke politics. Yeah, I'm because, only uh, on this show to pull political themes out of these movies. That's my greatest joy <laughs> in life. So don't take that away from me. If you don't want to hear how the movie is about Vietnam, don't listen to this <laughs> podcast. Or at least don't listen to Chris. Uh, also go to our broken website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. Visit our merch store where you can get t-shirts and, and other delightful swag. We recently shipped a, a t-shirt to, uh, uh, where was it? The UK, I want to say. One of our super fans from overseas just bought a t-shirt. And uh, if someone from the UK can buy a t-shirt, you can have a fucking t-shirt shipped to you wherever you are in the goddamn world. You have no excuse Get it done. Go to everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. Click the merch store link. Get a t-shirt. Show your love. They probably had to pay that. It, I mean, probably all the shipping and, and taxes shipping, and everything cost taxes, more than the actual shirt the, They had to, the, the, the Brexit tax, the VAT. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They had to like un, un-sew the shirt and then sew it again in the UK. We kid. We kid the UK. You see, we can we we UK is one of the few countries you can make fun of, and it's punching up. Well, we we don't kid about Brexit. Fuck Brexit. Right, yeah. Fuck Brexit. There's some woke politics. There's some for woke you. politics. See, see in the spoiler room, motherfucker. <laughs> Fuck Brexit. Oh, we won't be having Morrissey on the show anytime soon. <laughs> All right, we are in the spoiler room. We're we worked out, or at least I've worked out, because it was just me. I've worked out my my rage issues with Brexit, and I'm 
He's, o- he's okay with Brexit now. He's on board with it. I, lo- I love Brexit. <laughs> he's I listening Brexit. to Morrissey in one ear as we speak. What? Why Irish, country Irish without blood, borders? English heart. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the movie, The Privilege. There's, there's, here's, here's the, here's the big, the big bombshell that we discover quite early. And and let's make clear, this is not the big bombshell of the movie. There's just a lot of weird shit that happens, and and we were like. If you're thinking about watching this movie, we don't want to spoil any of these bizarre revelations for you. So let's save it for the spoiler room. But yeah. one of the first big bizarre revelations is that there's fucking worms inside Finn's pills. Yeah. Like he goes to take one of his pills and he's like, what's that? And he cuts it open and there's a worm inside it. They came out of the Abbott's baby formula plant. <laughs> Topical. Topical um, joke. Topical <laughs> joke. But yeah, though, and, and, are, and this is foreshadowed a little bit because we get the obligatory. Wait, 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 wait. No, are there worms in baby formula right now? Oh, uh, no. They, they shut down the plant because the FDA said it was contaminated and the babies were dying. Oh, is that and, why there's no baby formula? And now they're at an right impasse now. where like Abbott's, the, Abbott and the FDA are trying to work out a deal and that's why babies are going oh. hungry. Yeah, now babies are okay. dying of starvation. Yeah, and I think they'd rather have tainted formula so they can yeah. stay alive and maybe feel a little ill. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Let me. Here's my hot take on the on the worms. I don't think this is a major revelation. First of all, we got a character who is questioning his own sanity, right? So, like when we see the worm, I'm like, well, is that even really there? And then you know they take it to the teacher, and I'm like, is this all hallucination? Like I don't understand the rules of this movie. But also, we know the pills are bad from the outset. Oh yeah, that's, that's we, we know telegraph. the we know the pills are bad for the kids in some ways. So when it shows a worm, I'm like, I was like, oh, well, that's that's cool. I hope that's real and pays yeah. off. And it anytime does, someone in a horror movie is administrating uh, administering medication, you know, it's not going to help. Well, and there's so many lines would, about like, oh, like I had to go through all this shit, and oh, got new pills. You know, like mm-hmm. I, like the the uh, Finn and his twin sister are like pretty jaded about this whole thing. Well, her less so, I think. Um. But I would almost say this like worm scene where he discovers the worm in the pill is like an X-Files cold open. Yes. If this movie didn't already start with an X-Files cold <laughs> open. Like there's there's almost multiple <laughs> this movie is all scenes X-Files in cold this that could be followed by the X-Files but this comes, quite easily. Yeah, this comes after Finn sees the spooky ceremony, right? In his house, oh boy, in his yeah, own yeah. house, because that's the which is also an X Files. That is also open. an X Files called open. Maybe this is why I love this movie so much because it's yeah, basically, it's like an X Files supercut. It's just every X Files cold open running together. <laughs> yeah. Holy fucking shit! I think we cracked the puzzle. <laughs> There's not a lot of cohesion, but there is a cold open every five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. May, yeah. I should I should clip them all out and put the X Files intro after all of them and put it on Facebook. It'll be our most watched video after the Dabe video. Well, if you have time to do that, uh, maybe yeah. uh, you can save Patrick some time editing this episode too. <laughs> no, it's not my. If not you have my time job. to do that, fix the website. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, not going to do that. It's not my passion, but. Um, <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't spark joy. <laughs> but no, because all right. So Finn like wakes up in the middle of the night, and how the how's the issue with his twin sister start? She like gets sick. She falls down at school. She's like climbing the rope because for some reason their little privileged boarding school or it's not a boarding school, but their elite school like the 
only class is phys ed. They have phys ed class <laughs> and they have exposition science class where they tell you about zombie worms. Um, they're zombie Fungus ants. 101. Other than that, they're doing push-ups. They're climbing the rope in gym class. It's like they're trying to keep their bodies in tip-top shape. Um, and the sister falls off the rope and she's like fucked up. She's sick. And then Finn shortly after that is like, wakes up in the middle of the night and sees what can only be described as an occult ceremony happening in his living room with his parents in robes, this old creepy lady that he saw on her deathbed at a hospital. He sees her show up. Uh, they're stripping everybody naked. They're fondling the sister. The old woman's naked. They're saying, oh, isn't this a beautiful new body? Oh, my God. And Finn's just watching this through the window and then he just wakes up the next day, and this might be what you're talking about. I think uh, Steven said this is when he checked out of the movie. Is this when he checked out of the movie? Because Finn sees all this shit, and then he wakes up the next day, and he's like, damn, I must have been crazy last night. Yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was the benchmark for me where I decided I wasn't up to the task. And he continues to give his parents, like, quarter <laughs> and, like, thinks that they're going to help him solve the mystery of what the hell is going on when he just saw them in the devil rope doing the devil shit in his own home in the middle of the night. Well, was that real? I still don't know. Yes. Yes, it, it was, was real. real. Okay. But, okay. yeah, I, so, that, but that was frustrating to me. You'd be pretty sure it was real and then just have the movie be like, but was it real? If it's not real, don't show it to me. This is where, okay, I, you know, the, when I was, when I studied film in undergrad, I would watch, I mean, I, I would still, I still love a fucking two hour and 15 minute Robert Altman romp that just rambles. It has 30 different main characters in it. I can sit through that. No problem. I, I quite enjoy it with most movies though. I think every minute over 90, you have to justify and I can easily see how if we get rid of the questioning one's own sanity angle of this, we could have streamlined this into a movie. I might've enjoyed quite a bit more. That's a good edit. That's a good note. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. also, like, if you get... But the thing is, if you get rid of that, then you... Ha like, Finn has to start taking more responsibility for his decisions. And then you either have a shorter movie or a movie that doesn't make any sense. Because he's not, you know... He's acting in a way that takes us to the next X-Files cold open rather than most efficiently solving this mystery. Mm -hmm. For example, the, the scene at the midpoint where, like, they kick the they kick the exorcist out of their house or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the fucking exorcist. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get into that. Also, I want to say, I, I actually like, I don't have a problem with, I'll say protagonists questioning their own sanity. It adds, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting dimension to most movies. It's just in this movie, I was confused. I was confused by what was reality and what wasn't. And that's fine in some movies. In a David Lynch movie, fucking Mulholland Drive, love that mm -hmm. shit, you know. But I don't think I was supposed to be confused. I, I feel like this was, everyone making this thought it was more, more coherent than it actually is. But also maybe I'm just stupid because I didn't know if that ritual scene was real or not. I, that that doesn't talk about stupid. The I mean, I, I do think it is just textually very confusing and muddled. Yeah, it's it's puzzling. But let's talk about the fucking exorcist because they're trying to research these worms that uh, that Finn found in his pill, which convolutedly leads them to this old <laughs> botanist slash exorcist. They go slash to the greenhouse. Slash drug dealer. 
slash yeah slash cannabis cultivator that's what we call those these days steven oh he's got everything though you want molly he's got it yeah you want coke he can hook you up he's got numerous texts on johnny depp's phone (laughs) (sighs) really but he brings out his uh is it his mom or his grandma or something yeah uh who's who's the real the real uh you know wizard when it comes to this stuff and she she knows all about the psychotropic whatevers um and she's like oh this is what does she even say it is it's a it's a very special like very rare thing it grows on dead well, bodies we know we know yeah. that from the from the science teacher so the science teacher gives oh, us the first right. clue that oh this thing actually this is it's a fungus where did you say you found this that's weird because it only grows on dead bodies mm-hmm, now right. At some point, I think it's in this conversation with the botanist, we get what I thought was one of the really fun ideas of this movie, which is where this is, it's basically like a, uh, like a, like a psychedelic fungus that back in ancient times was thought to open access to the spirit world. Oh, right. And that's how we get the see, because even that I, I feel like that's explained in such a cursory fashion that I, I spent the back half of this movie going, why are we doing an exorcism for a fucking psychedelic m- mushroom worm, whatever? Right. It, it was just it's such free associative thinking. It to is. Me. And I, I actually I, I, I was eating it up. I loved it because especially before you get to the crazy lady botanist well she's not crazy i shouldn't say that she's a very she's the smartest person in the movie frankly um before you get to that scene you meet finn's <laughs> that, that sounded almost like a trump bit <laughs> the crazy lady who really who really is not that crazy <laughs> um, they call her crazy <laughs> um you meet finn's grandpa who is like on death's door mm-hmm. And Finn's grandpa is oh, a very yeah. interesting character. I got a warm feeling from him. I thought he was a, a nice grandfather character. Yeah. yeah. And, but he has a really interesting line of dialogue about how, like, back in the day, if you were sick, they would say you were possessed by monsters. Nowadays, if yeah. you say you're possessed by monsters, they say you're sick. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,. It's an, I mean, o- fine it's line. an okay line, but like it, that again is one of those things that this movie does a lot, which is sort of telegraph the reveal in a, in sure. a way. Like you're like, oh, well, that's hopefully well, going to pay off. You're supposed know. to telegraph the reveal. No, you're supposed to well, foreshadow it. it. Telegraphing okay. is a different thing. Like I feel like okay. it's just it's very on the. I I liked it, but I felt it was very on the nose, and I made a mental note like, okay, well, I don't know where this movie's going, but that's probably going to lead to the conclusion somehow. Well, it's another one of these. You know, it's it's a fine line. It's an interesting idea. It's just like one of probably 25 different ideas in this movie where I'm like, oh, like th- that, like just take that one and develop that into a movie. Yeah. You know, it's like this movie could have given me a cake, could have given me a nice three layer chocolate cake. Instead, it showed up with like 15 different cupcakes in different flavors and none of them were cooked all the way. Are you through. hungry, Patrick? Is that what this is about? Half half of them were still fucking batter. And yes, I would love a cupcake. Right <laughs> I'm now. hungry now, too. Let's just take a break and go to the bakery. <laughs> Let's do it. Hope there's no worms in our cupcakes. 
but yeah, we have an exorcism. I mean, and and, it, and we have a straight up exorcism scene. There's a seance in the house while the parents are mysteriously gone. They're not mysteriously somehow, gone. No, they set that. Up. Well, they're, but I mean, okay, not mysteriously, but it's very under like rather stilted circumstances. The parents are gone for two the hours. The parents are gone for the night because they're going to go check on the grandfather who's just guy came out of surgery and the reason right. that the grandfather is like the whole medical condition with the grandfather becomes important later. So they did that right. Let's call some let's but call they balls and strikes here. But they specifically say we're going to be home by 11. Right. Because they're they're kind of winking at him because they're leaving him with his love interest and and basically being like yeah you can you can you know you can mess around a little bit you can you can yeah. Neck, yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you can get up to some funny business yeah. while we're gone like there's a time limit place and if I remember correctly it's like two to three hours yeah. like 25 minutes worth of action happens yeah. like they are back so much right. sooner come back than sooner. they and, actually and are we don't know why they be. came back sooner but that happens you know he realized he left his 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 i don't know wallet at home who knows and in highly contrived fashion we manipulate not only the love interest but also the lesbian best friend into the house for this seance and it's a straight up seance you know it becomes the conjurer yes for five or ten minutes yes and then that all goes you know tits up and the parents come back and kick the exorcists out and we're basically done with the exorcism business after that yes and then we don't, yeah. I don't think we see that character again. They're like, oh, well, she she didn't answer her phone. She changed her address. They, they go back to her little nursery, and there's a great character there who shows up and is like, they left me to watch their animals, and I haven't been able to reach them. You guys want to adopt a tarantula? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Right. That's fun. Come on. It's all fun. But I, I really enjoyed this cur- this idea that they start planting on in these scenes where it's like, okay, so this is a this is about something physical, in this case a worm, a medicine that opens access to the demon world, basically. <laughs> and I, I, I was very fascinated to see where they went with that. And in the end, I wasn't really disappointed with where they went with that. I was. I don't I, I, I sorry, go ahead, Patrick. Oh, I was going to say, I can't wait for you to explain that to me. But first, I want to talk about something that happens before we learn what's going on with all that, which is the threesome between Finn, his love interest, and his lesbian best friend. Yes. And, Can you know, I ask a question about this, though? Do they even fuck? Because their clothes never fully come off. I mean, yeah, who knows, actually. Yeah, they do. But I, it seems implied. I mean, it's it's as implied as any sex in pretty much any movie. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, fine threesomes got no problem with those um just it just really rubbed me the wrong way because they've gone out of their way so much to emphasize the fact that the lesbian best friend is a lesbian and she is his best friend and that there isn't that dynamic between them and then it's just like oh we're gonna make out now it just felt stupid and you know essentially existing like primarily for the purpose of titillation and just kind of undoing something that they had otherwise worked pretty hard to set up about that character. That scene really rubbed me the wrong way. They thought they were going to die the next day. Finn had a crush on the one girl. His BFF lesbian had a crush on the same girl. So they both wanted to make out with that girl. Are you going to try to work out the politics of that on your last night on earth? Or are you just going to say, let's boil it down to a threesome? Let's succumb to, to passion th- at the bottom of the empty pool. Why not? 
I I don't know. That just makes no sense to me. Like they they emphasize repeatedly what her sexual orientation was, and I don't think you just change your sexual orientation to make out with your best friend just because like shit's fucked up. That makes zero sense to me. I thought it was a positive portrayal of a polyamorous relationship in in the making, and I thought it was beautiful. No, it's ridiculous. It's dropped. It's <laughs> okay, it's dropped okay. in. I was like, what? No, it's dropped in specifically to titillate. Except it's weirdly not titillating because, again, as I mentioned, I did go back and actually watch the scene again before we recorded. Everyone is fully like a shirt comes off and we see a bra. But, like, it is generally, like, everyone's fully clothed, and it doesn't even really last all that long. We just get a little light making out, and then it's over. So, I don't understand. Like, again, talking about justifying every minute over 90 could have easily lost that, and <laughs> seriously, and nothing would have changed. It has no right. consequences whatsoever. That's, yeah, that's so true. That's you know so what? I'll, that was I'll, I'll just say maybe we're missing missing something thematic. Who knows? But it, it, it is, <laughs> your it eyebrow is, raised just then. <laughs> it uh, is. You can't you can't write off every flaw in every film by saying it's a theme that we haven't identified. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we're not that dumb. They're doing that thing, <laughs> and these movies are not that smart. They, Amen to that. It, this scene is shot. The reason it's not titling is because it's shot like a sex scene in a video game where like you see like a couple. <laughs> seconds of like them kissing and then like fades to black yeah. and then it fades back yeah. in like someone's pants are off and he's like kissing her leg and that like fades to black i wish it would have irised in. in and out that would have been amazing yeah oh well <laughs> oh um, boy all right well so okay so chris now will you explain to me what actually happened because I, I i don't know there's a there's a whole conspiracy with the pharmacy yes yes uh, yes, yes, pharmacy, yes, yes, yes pharma big pharma there's a big pharma yes, conspiracy yes, yes. I, I don't, all right, let me let I me tell know. you, gentlemen, the story of the privilege. Yeah. I I spoil, know the story. Spoil, spoil the movie that I already this watched for, Patrick. for me. All right, I know once, what happened. Yeah. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Finn, and basically <laughs> yeah, he was a he had a dog named Jake, and they lived in a magical <laughs> wonderland. <laughs> all right. After the exorcism scene, basically the next big thing that happens is uh, the bully. What's his name? Leander. Leander. Uh, he does the he does the thing he does the thing that Finn's sister did all those years ago, where he stabs himself in the mouth and climbs up to the top of the school and throws himself off to his death for some reason. And everyone's like, "What's going on?" And as they try to revive him, they see like a giant worm insect n- oh, night crawler down down by Lake Erie. We call them night crawlers. <laughs> crawlers side note one of my favorite one of least one of my least favorite things to see in any movie is like pulling a thing out of somebody's throat. Oh, I love like it. silence of the lambs that's one of my most i mean I, I i do love it but it's one of the things that like general genuinely just creeps me out the most it just grosses me out and re, re, you know it just revulsion is my response well, to, to, to clarify I, I respond very viscerally to that too and it happens at least twice in this movie it's not just producing something from someone's mouth just kind of it's like attached and it has to be yanked out and there's blood involved Ugh. oh Ugh. my god it made me gag love it don't like love it. it love that stuff all right i love it i, oh, love, I love it, it but too. i don't yeah. like it all right anyway so then they're at the hospital and th- now here's the thing i missed so you guys can tell me at one point they end up with a backpack full of adoption records how did they get those oh my god i don't know I don't know. I don't either. And uh, I, I watched the end of it like right before we recorded too, like the last yeah. twenty five minutes, and I couldn't tell you. 
Right. So they're in the hospital, uh, like waiting to hear if Leander's going to survive. He doesn't survive, but, um, but he says, look in my rucksack before he's like carried off. And that's where they got oh, the adoption. Records. Oh, is the, is, is it his, that makes some sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, Finn and his, his new love interest at this time get access to, uh, I guess Leander's files and he has, adoption papers of like all sorts of people at the school that they go to including mm-hmm. Finn Finn's sister Finn's dead sister Finn's love interest everybody turns out everybody was adopted and this is news i mean it, and it seems like at least all of them didn't know they were adopted or thought that like their parent their biological parents had died or something they didn't know quite how they ended up in in the care of their new families mm-hmm. so this is kind of a surprise reveal to them uh then leander's cop uh dad shows up who seems pretty unconcerned that uh leander's dead and he's like you know what uh basically he says Here's the here's the evil conspiracy. He's like, we adopt these kids, we give them a good life, and then we send them on to a higher purpose. And you know, Leander never never could understand that, but you guys get it, right? And do we get it? We don't fucking know. Meanwhile, BFF, aforementioned lesbian girl, is at a pharmaceutical conference, and this is you know what I love a mystery that ends with a pharmaceutical product unveiling at a pharma conference this just like the fugitive this is the fugitive um so they're like on it turns out finn's dad or now we know adoptive dad is unveiling this new drug for his biotech company and he's like oh this is this drug's the future it improves life i don't know what does it do we don't really know but the bff uh takes uh, goes down into, you know, uses her credentials and sneaks around in the headquarters of this company, goes down to the basement. And this is like my favorite part of the movie. This is X-Files. This, this totally is totally X-Files. Evil. Yes. It's, it, it, I, I love, the thing I like most about the Resident Evil games is that they take like, they always take some like spooky, like horror concept. And then at the end, they boil it down to where it's like, it's a sci-fi thing it's mm-hmm. like oh the reason you saw vampires is because we're doing genetic experiments or something stupid like that um anyway so that she goes down to the lab and finds corpses growing this, this fungus that we've been told only grows on corpses and there's you including know, the corpse of the exorcist button yes the exorcist botanist is dead and they're using her body to grow these fungi so they're harvesting that and so basically we're pulling it all together at this point. Uh, they are. Well, some of us are. All right. Some of us are. At some point, they end up going back to Finn's house. Oh, wait. No, they get got and wake up at Finn's house, don't they? Yeah, they get kidnapped. How do they they're, get kidnapped? They tied, to, tied to chairs. Yeah. Well, they're in the fucking facility. Someone catches them. No. No, because they don't go no. to the facility, do they? No. I it's just. Remember. All right. I must have zoned out at that point. Yeah, because the BFF is trying to reach them and can't do it. Um, Love interest and Finn must be, they must get got some other way. And they end up bound and gagged and tied up in Finn's house. Um, And then long story short, this is where Get Out happens, basically. They take Finn down through the secret door to the basement. And we realize that they're going to do a body swap on this guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So basically, the cabal 
which includes virtually every adult we've seen in this movie. Finn's parents, the psychiatrist, the police inspector. It's the whole fucking town, basically. It's the whole fucking town. Basically, they've been, long story short, they've been adopting kids, raising them. They justify it to themselves because they're like, oh, we're giving them a good life with all this privilege, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the townspeople may not even be themselves. I think it's implied that they are all vessels for demons. I would say that's implied. Sure. I'll buy that. Yes. Uh, One of them explicitly is like, oh, yeah, you know, we've we've been called a lot of things over the years. You know, that that classic line when you're dealing with a demon or a devil movie. Um, Yeah. And so they take him in and he's and Finn is about to become a vessel for his grandfather's essence or what he thought was his grandfather. Whatever the hell was using his grandfather's body is now going to be in him. And apparently the function of these pills with the worms in them is to sort of prime somebody for this transition. Apparently Mm -hmm. they had a much more complicated and painful procedure to put people in the put demons in your body before, but now they can do it with this worm with the, uh, with the new chemistry. So, yeah, I mean, thank God for Western medicine, right? Yeah, so so Finn's <laughs> Finn's about to go. They got him dead to rights. The grandfather is like, I think, straddling him at this point, pumping his demon essence uh, into <laughs> Don't his say face. Straddle and pumping into his face <laughs> in the same sentence. I mean, it's, it, it is does what it seem is. vaguely sexual and, and essence. <laughs> yeah, um, and then Deus Ex Machina lesbian BFF shows up with her road flare. Well, she, she's she's straight now. She's straight. The, the threesome turned her. <laughs> uh, she shows up with her road flare because mm. we established we established in the like this the is a second moment. scene. This is a and great this, moment. Because like in the second scene, they have this like party and the, the guy who's hosting the party, who was Leander for no reason, was like no lesbos allowed. And so then she showed up and like little road flare and was like, fuck you in the middle of the party. And that was like her big moment at the beginning. Oh, I forgot it was a callback. OK, yeah, because yeah, she just has a pocket of road flares. Uh-huh. So she she <laughs> comes like, in Morrissey like, has a pocket full of flowers. She's got yeah. just like six road <laughs> flares hanging out there. I love it. And she oh, we got to play this episode out with some Morris. <laughs> she shows up and within the space of three seconds she has doused all these cultists with gasoline mm-hmm. and lit them all on fire with a road flare while they were uh, uh, their essence was floating out of their bodies so they were mm-hmm. preoccupied with that. Yeah they were catatonic basically. <laughs> And and she and she like delivers a one liner. What is it? She calls. She, Take this, bitches! It's the only English line of dialogue in, in this movie. Yeah. I screamed. <laughs> um, yeah, wild, really good wild. shit. Um, so everybody goes up in flames. They get Finn the hell out of there. They get the love interest the hell out of there. They get in a car, and then Finn has his big arc where he's been haunted by his sister's death his whole movie, and then they're about to escape in their SUV, and Finn's. Uh, 18 year old sister who has been and we didn't really talk too much about that but I kind of like that subplot it was very Rosemary's Baby sort of where like she was getting sicker like throughout the movie and the parents were taking care of her and you just felt like something wasn't right we saw her moving cups with her mind that was fun <laughs> I don't remember that at all <laughs> I do that I, God I just like as much as I do remember all the fucking like sort of loose ends and wild like different ingredients as, as, as much as I remember the spread of half-baked cupcakes I, there's so many that I forgot. Like I said, there were 15 like batter cupcakes, but there's at least 30 or 40. It's like a Netflix yeah. miniseries crammed into a movie. Well, yeah. The the current sister, Sophie, I think was her name. 
right? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, so. That sounds yeah. right. M- maybe. All right. Well, Sophie comes out and she's like half burned and she's like, Finn, don't let me die, Finn. But it's just, it's, oh, it's, right. the, it's those demon tricks. You know how it is. And Finn now, <laughs> Finn now realizes there, it's a demon. That. And so he tells the BFF to floor it and she just like runs over Sophie and kills her. Um, oh, yeah. Um, Which is a, that's a hilarious shot. Like, it, like Sophie just folds like a paper fucking doll. Yeah, and it's it's poignant because it's uh, Finn's. You know, Finn is, is now completing his arc. He's completing his arc because he was um, he was haunted by guilt over letting his sister die, and now in the end of the movie, he deliberately lets his sister die because he realizes it's all been a, a scam. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think that's where they're going with that. So anyway, they drive out. Um, there is some weird action, I think. Oh, they get they get chased by the Wendigo, right? Yeah, I think the demon. We didn't does talk chase much about the. Bit. We didn't talk much about the demon, but there's like a smoke demon henchman that shows oh, up in a oh, lot yeah. of pivotal scenes. <laughs> I was gonna say a Wendigo. not a literal uh, Wendigo, Patrick. <laughs> he he looks like he looks a little like scary Groot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <I> <laughs> Um, anyway, he, he tries to kill him, I think. What's by... the deal with these demons, man? <laughs> There's a lot of demons. They, uh. Why are there fucking demons? What are, uh, oh, this, hmm. I might screw, I might change my rating to a screw it with prejudice. They. I'm just kidding. But this movie is even more confusing. Long story short, the car goes off a cliff, but everybody gets out okay. And then as they're, they're like, all right, time to start our new lives. Let's hold go on, somewhere. though. Hold on. We got to talk about the car going off the cliff because it is that hilarious trope that I love where. You see it drive off, and it doesn't look terrible for the budget this movie has. It bangs up against the wall of the dam halfway down, but then when it finally hits the <laughs> ground, it just fucking explodes. And it looks so like... like In a fireball imported from the year 2000. Exactly. It looks so car, like rotoscoped. The car in. was full of petrol and ro- road flares. Oh, sure. No, I don't have a problem with the fireball. It just was not a great looking fireball. Mm. I wanted no. a bigger, better fireball. I love fireballs. Anyway, Bring on I love fire fireball, fireball whiskey. Well, they're they're walking off into the sunset. The three of them tastes like heaven, burns like hell. Mm-hmm. The Finn uh, and his 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 new uh, <laughs> the the. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's the polycule. It's the, polycule. The, polycule. the polycule. The polycule is walking off into the sunset. Finn and the new polycule. They walk off into the sunset. They're going to start their new lives together. And they're like, let's go move somewhere far away where no one knows our names, etc. But then we see, and this is like our invasion of the body snatchers moment. Mm-hmm. We see a billboard for this product that just like launched to the industry yesterday. Uh, turns out ivermectin, the, the worm pill, it is gone global. <laughs> It is gone global now, and the whole world is going to be taking these pills, presumably, I think, to set the stage for a global demon invasion where everybody's going to become a vessel for a demon. I thought you were going to say global demon pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah. That I, I love that you called it ivermectin. The name is weirdly similar. <laughs> I don't think it is, but that's what I thought of. <laughs> um and then the last <laughs> shot of the movie, which is is very foul, is uh, the the love interest <laughs> yes. turns back to look at the camera, and we see she's got demon eyes. So she's yeah. been already corrupted. She's in the cult, and Finn and uh, his BFF of dubious sexuality are no longer <laughs> safe. The end. Man, I mean, I guess the not. privilege. Yeah. 
I came into this episode with high energy and talking about this. This doesn't often happen, but I this has absolutely sapped my energy just trying to recall and make sense of this film. I, I'm I'm low energy Jeb right now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was amped up when I got home from work. I watched the last 35 minutes of this movie and I had to take two ibuprofen because I developed a headache. <laughs> I'm not even joking. And I, I never take I never take too. ibuprofen anymore. Like it's I very to... rare for me, but I was man. I'm scared because I'm I'm not this isn't a this isn't a bit. I got a headache and had to take ibuprofen last night while watching this movie. You should check your pills Dude, for worms, man. Check exactly. Check your ibuprofen. Maybe there's Holy subliminal shit. messages in this movie. Fuck. Dude, it would make it a lot more interesting. Yeah. I mean that might raise it to I, a cuet for me. Yeah. I haven't taken ibuprofen, so mm. I, I might be the sole. Well, survivor. you just wait a half hour. You already said you're feeling sapped. That was the first stage for me. I feel great. I feel more. I feel like I love this movie more after having talked about it. You know, all these little bits, all these scenes. I think the premise is fun. Basically, demon cult trying to possess people's bodies, and now they're doing it through a fungus that's historically linked to the spirit world, and they own a pharmaceutical company, and they're going to give it to the whole globe. Nothing wrong with that in my book. Yeah, Except great premise. Arguably, could have could have been executed a lot better, though. I think could have been executed yeah, a I, lot worse, though. That's what you're forgetting. We watch a lot of movies that don't have half of this production I value, mean, crass yes. performances. I would watch this again before I ever watched Grandmother's Farm again. Yes. but like, still, we're we're talking like we're we're plumbing the depths here. You know, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Still, I mean, like this is the this is your scraping the bottom of the barrel. Grandmother's Farm is the fucking barrel staves. You know, I if like, there's a sequel, it, I would I would fly to Germany good. to see it in the theater. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of a kitchen sink horror movie. I like the idea of mixing in so many different elements of of different you know sort of subgenres of horror. It just it does not hang together in a consistently compelling or coherent yes. way. Right. If you want to, like, I'm I'm trying to. I've been this whole time. I've been trying to think of like, well, what is a kitchen sink horror movie? Like, what's a good example? Like, Drag Me to Hell. Like, Drag Me to Hell does it mm. so right. That just has everything in it. I mean, not everything, but it's got a lot mm. going on in it. It shifts tones constantly and does it like so masterfully and it's fun. And I'm like, I was willing to go through every plot twist in it. You know, like it, it just, it, it, it dragged me along with it to hell. And this movie is just like, I don't know. It's why, why are they throwing all this at us? When I think of kitchen sink and we, this term came up, um, you know, I think of James Wan movies, oh, yeah. I think of conjuring mm-hmm. and insidious, which are fun movies. And even though conjuring is, you know, a lot more straight, you can still tell when he's just having fun. And this movie seems to take itself a little more seriously. There's almost nobody's having fun. I don't know, at least to me, there's like no wink to this movie. This seems to think that it's a pretty serious movie. At least in my estimation, that was my and I, and I need a little more like awareness of the crazy batshit nature of trying to make a kitchen sink horror movie because it's not a straightforward, you know, it is a maniac's task and you have to like give the audience a little nod to go. Yep, I'm a maniac, you know, and this movie is just like we are making a good film. We are not maniacs. I don't know. I don't know what the intentions were. And I don't disagree with any of your criticisms. Um, I would say, here's here's the concession I'll make to you. I would have given this a cue it 
if not for the sequence where the BFF goes into the pharmaceutical conference like Dr. Richard Kimball and finds the X-Files <laughs> lab where they're harvesting <laughs> mushrooms. That was oh so cool God. to me. I enjoyed um, that. I, I enjoyed a number of sequences in this movie. And we haven't even talked about the 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 spectral murder in the car wash, you know, where the no. the police investigator like writes it off as like a drug induced suicide. Like there's some bat shit stuff in this that I kinda like. It's fun. But but it, it wasn't hung together on a, a framework that I was really all that intrigued by. No, it wasn't. The, I this is the 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 parts are greater than the whole, I would say. And if this movie were split up into uh, you know, forty or, or, or 32 minute two sentence horror movie I was just, shorts I knew you, were going there. <laughs> you probably would like it a lot more but mm-hmm. it, it does i see how it can be exhausting to have to suffer through all of it and well yeah that is the odd thing is it it seems like it's rushing to get through all these things you know i mean talk about the uh the pharmaceutical conference I, I liked, okay, so the stuff in the basement was cool when she's finding the bodies covered in fungus, but like the conference itself goes so fast. She gets there, they immediately reveal the information that she needs to know. She runs down and like checks out the basement, comes back upstairs, the conference is over and she flees. You know, it's again, it's kind of like the sequence where the parents leave for the exorcism and are supposed to be gone for a few hours, but come back after again, like has to be probably a half hour's worth of action. Like everything that happens at the pharmaceutical conference has to happen in the space of like, this conference is over in what five or 10 you wanna, minutes. You and you it just sit through it, the this whole three day conference. This, like, you want- <laughs> like you talk about a fugitive, like there's this breathless sense of like, Oh, we got to get to the next, the next trope, the next set piece. Um, which, you know, again, you could do that. Well, I guess. Um, but this, it just, it doesn't, it's, it's simultaneously like feels so long, but also is just constantly darting from thing to thing in this, bizarrely ADHD kind of way. I don't know. It's, it's a strange movie. It's weird. It's, it's one of the oddest creations that we've watched for this podcast. You know, what also feels long this conversation. It does. Let's shut it the fuck down. Chris, what are we watching next week? Oh, it's my turn to pick. Is it? Well, listen guys, I got a little bit of a special treat for you. I'm excited because oh, yeah. I'm positive. I know what it is. We're going to bend the rules just a little bit because this actually is not for some reason categorized under horror on Netflix, but I don't think there's going to be any dispute that it should be. Um, so, so let me, let me tell you why I'm picking this movie. Uh, as you all know, Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness recently came out. And with that, on the internet and in the film discourse, there's been some conversations. First, there's been a lot of appraisal of Sam Raimi and his whole filmography. And then there's also been a weird discussion I follow on Twitter about was Doctor Strange too scary for kids and where the line is when you're delivering horror content to a family audience. Sure. Um, And then through serendipity, a couple other things happened to push me towards this movie. One is Patrick and I went to Motor City Comic Con where Kristen Ritter was supposed to have a table and she was disappeared, gone without a trace. Canceled, some would say. 
canceled some would say and then you know what it's um the summer of seeger is upon us and uh for those of you who don't know oh, here, baby. Oh, i definitely <laughs> got this i got for, this. for those of you who don't know patrick and i uh listen to bob seeger but only during the summer and so you know as soon as the <laughs> that's a lie. like 85 uh it's it's time to break out the night moves and in this case we're going to be watching night books working on those night books yeah what the fuck i don't what i'm is so this? stoked books i've wanted to see this a family film starring Kristen ritter um produced by sam raimi and huh. it is relatively recent it's um, from the director of brightburn right oh is it i don't oh, know who boy. directed it but it's um that's a 2021 movie and it's a family movie about some kids who go into a witch's house i believe and the witch compels one of them to tell her scary stories because he is a kid who thinks he writes scary stories is christian ritter the witch yes she is oh nice so it's that's it's such it's interesting to me to imagine christian ritter in like a family film because i know her exclusively for pretty edgy roles in r-rated things like jessica jones and uh breaking bad i've never seen Kristen ritter in anything before but i watched the trailer for night oh, books queen. and i fell in love with that witch immediately queen so Love i'm her. excited so that's what we're gonna be watching night books bring the kids bring your parents bring the whole family it's a it's gonna be a family friendly amon we're not even gonna swear how about that we won't swear yeah we won't talk about sex we won't swear we won't talk about violence and we'll, There'll be a letter of the day. We'll leave our woke politics at the door for the kids. We don't want to be indoctrinating the kids. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> I love gateway horror. I like the idea of a gateway horror podcast as well. All right. Well, we will see you next time for an extremely G-rated, Y7 rated episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix. Uh, until then, I'm Patrick. I'm Chris. I'm Steven. Love you. Bye. Bye.